You know, we, we shared that video purely as a hypothetical. We know that none of your houses have ever looked like that on Thanksgiving, and, and certainly your experiences have never been like that. So that was, that was purely hypothetical, you know. All of the husbands and dads help with every aspect of the meal. I'm confident of that. But we are grateful to be together this morning. Did I, somebody clear in their throat? I don't know if somebody had something in their throat there. Uh, we are excited to be together this morning and uh, grateful for what God is doing in our, in our church. Uh, just by way of announcement, uh, another additional thing we're doing this year is, again, we're partnering with Lafayette um, in our uh, Christmas giving. And so you'll see there's a Christmas tree ladder out in the lobby. I was not, just being honest, I was a little bit skeptical. There was a wood ladder that came in, and somebody said, yeah, it's going to be a Christmas tree. And I was like, okay, all right. But uh, Trisha Dufour and her amazing creativity has converted that ladder into a, a wonderful little uh, Christmas tree that has tags um, from different families from Lafayette Elementary that we're going to bless this Christmas season. And so we just invite you to take one of those tags and, and uh, go out and find something for uh, those kids, and uh, we'll have those back uh, hopefully by December 12th, and uh, we'll be able to bless uh, Lafayette Elementary as we partner with them again in that ministry. And thank you, Tricia, for making our lobby look amazing. You know, the last uh, couple weeks, we've spent um, time talking about the power of thanks. and We've, we've been talking about um, what it looks like to live our lives in an attitude of thanksgiving, what it looks like to have gratitude and, and you know, some, some like to call it that attitude of gratitude, but, but really, we've, we've talked specifically about the importance of giving thanks regardless of our situation, that life is tough and we go through ups and downs, but God's desire is that we would see the blessings in the midst of all of that. We also talked about the fact that true joy comes from a heart of thankfulness and gratitude, that joy is, is found in a heart that remains thankful. And then last week, we talked about the fact that God not only deserves our thanks, but He desires it. God desires that we would come to Him with gratitude for the things that He's doing in our lives. You know, it's, it's likely that we don't often consider the impact a grateful heart can have, though. That when we have gratitude, when we walk with thanksgiving and thankfulness, the impact that can have in the world, there was a, a study done that was conducted by two researchers, and their findings were published in the Harvard Business Review. And the study was done to see if gratitude and thankfulness had any impact or effect on the success and strength of an organization and some of the volunteer um, services that were being provided. The research uh, revealed that there was a 66% increase in those who wanted to be part of a service project a second time when they were simply told, thank you. Isn't that remarkable that 66% of people would say, hey, I, I gave them my time, I invested in my, my time and my energy in this, this effort, and simply by somebody taking the, 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 the time to say thank you, they were willing to step in a second time and continue to serve and, and volunteer and help make an impact. You know, as we come into Thanksgiving week, one that is, is sure to be chocked full of running around and preparing and buying stuff and going to the store last minute to get that you know, stuff to make the gravy. Let's not forget what it looks like to live a life of thanksgiving. 
You know, for many, this week will be a time of coming together with friends and family. People coming into town from all over the place. And, you know, all too often, the, the challenge of getting family together from all over the place tends to be kind of the trickiest part of the deal. It reminds me of a, a man I heard of in Chicago. And he called his son in New York the day before Thanksgiving, and he said, I hate to ruin your day, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing. 45 years of misery is enough. Pop, what are you talking about? The son screams. We just can't stand the sight of each other any longer, the father said. We're sick of each other, and I'm sick of talking about it. So you call your sister in Dallas and tell her. Frantically, the son called the sister and screamed, screamed to his sister. Frantic, the son calls his sister who explodes on the phone. Like heck, they're getting divorced. She shouts, I'll take care of this. She calls Chicago immediately and screams at her father, you are not getting divorced. Don't do a single thing until I get there. I'm calling my brother back and will be there tomorrow. Until then, don't do a thing. Do you hear me? She hung up the phone. The old man hung up the phone and turned to his wife. Okay, he said. They're coming for Thanksgiving and they're each paying their own way. <laughs> you know, it's tough, but if you use just a little bit of creativity, you can get them home for Thanksgiving. But as we come to this season, there's a lot that we have to unpack. And there's a lot that we have to be conscious of. And when we think about what it means to live our lives with thanksgiving, we have to come to this place of understanding that, that thanksgiving is, is often a celebration of blessings. We come together and we celebrate and we, we thank God for what He's done in our lives and we look at all the different ways that we've been blessed and we give thanks. Thanksgiving is, is naturally the time of year families come together to say, thank you, God, or to give thanks. So there was, for us in the Clements home, there was a, a tradition that, that we had every year that when we came together in Thanksgiving, we would sit down around the table and, and we would each go around and we would say what we were thankful for that year. And maybe your traditions are similar, but you know, inevitably it would be, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for my mom and dad and, you know, I'm thankful for my brothers, even though I probably wasn't that time. But, you know, my parents would always be thankful for health and thankful for family and thankful that their boys were serving the Lord and there was always something to give thanks for. All of us, when we come to Thanksgiving, likely tend to have that, that focus. But I can remember that was a special time for us, sharing what we were thankful for. And it's, it's important that we take stock in the big and the little things that God has done in our lives and we give thanks. And that we have that, that gratitude for what God is desiring to do in and through our lives. But we can't fall prey to simply taking God's goodness and His, His blessings for granted. As simply something, you know, a list of good things that He's done in our lives. We should ask ourselves, is Thanksgiving merely meant to be a time of reflection? Is it just about looking back and saying, oh, isn't it great this happened and that happened? And because gratitude is, is regularly measured 
by what we've received. Would you agree with that? All of us, when we, when we come to the Thanksgiving holiday, likely tend to focus on what we've been given and how we've been blessed. Because that's the natural inclination, is to reflect. Too often, our, our gratitude is, is wrapped up in a response to God's blessing or someone's uncommon act of kindness to us. And we're thankful. We've all been in that season, though, where life's just been a struggle. And it's been hard. And someone went out of their way to, to bless us or, or bring relief when we, when we most need it. And we maybe just have that belief in, in God's goodness again because of something that someone did. You know, I remember when Gretchen and I were living in California and we were attending a church in Escondido. And we had a, a friend there, his name was Bruce, and he was, he was a, a, one of the pastors on staff at the church, and, and, a, and he, was a, he, he became a, a great friend. And I remember as we were getting pre- prepared for our, our Easter celebration, we were in that place of, of doing rehearsals and doing all this stuff. And this church was, you know, a little different. We, we, we dressed up and wore suits, and, you know, I didn't, this wasn't typical, typically what we, we wore. And, you know, the worship team, you they, they got the little color swatch out, and you know, they'd be like, we're going to wear this shade of blue this week, not this one, this, this, this blue, and you know, everybody wanted to match, and you know, it, was, you know, it was a little bit stressful at times. But I can remember leading up to Easter, I, I was struggling because I didn't have a suit. And that was kind of the expectation, hey, everybody put on your, your, your suits, your Sunday best, and I went to Bruce, and I'm like, Bruce, I don't, I don't have a suit, man, do you, you haven't have an extra suit that I could just borrow for Easter. A little bit embarrassing, but you know, go to your friend. So I can remember the next Sunday we showed up at, at church and he had a, you know, Macy's bag or, you know, one of these garment bags and he unzipped it and he, you know, pulled out this nice tan suit and he said, here, here, you know, go ahead, be blessed. And I'm like, great, man, I'll, I'll get it back to you after Easter. Thank you. This is, this is a huge help. And he said, no, it's a gift. I want you to be blessed. And I pulled the thing out and was like, no, Bruce, this is, this, is, this is too much, man. And I didn't know a lot about suits, but I knew that a, a Hugo Boss suit was fairly expensive. And he said, listen, man, I just, I just want you to be blessed. God's blessed me in so many ways, and I just want to share that blessing. And it was humbling, and it was an incredible gift. And I still have the suit. Um, it doesn't fit as, as anyways, that's a, di- it's a different conversation. But that gift that changed my whole perspective caused me to be grateful for the generosity of other people. We can often come to the season of Thanksgiving and, and see it simply as a time just to give thanks. And thank you for this suit. Thank you for generosity. Thank you for and if we look around, we, we, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be thankful for in this country that we can come together and we can worship together and we can encourage one another and we can enjoy coffee and donuts and, 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 and just celebrate what God's doing in our lives. And we've talked the last several weeks about the power found in a heart of gratitude and the action of giving thanks. But what if we were to deconstruct Thanksgiving just a little bit further? Because I would contend that a truly thankful heart 
leads to a giving heart. That it's not just about giving thanks, but it's truly about understanding that we've been blessed to be a blessing. You know, Exodus chapter 35 is, is our text for today. I want to jump there. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can flip there with me. If you don't, you can continue to follow with us on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Events Neighborhood Church. But I want to add some context to this passage of Scripture because it's important for us to understand what's going on. Moses has, has, has led the nation of Israel out of captivity, out of Egypt. And he's beginning to lay out how the, the Lord is desiring that they live and worship. And there's a lot of things going on, but, but to this point, the Israelites would set up camp and then Moses would go outside the camp. And he would meet in this, this place that was called the Tent of Meeting. And he'd go out there to meet with God, to interact with God and get direction and understand what God was desiring to do. And if you can remember, the nation of Israel has struggled throughout this entire journey, just griping and complaining and you know, moaning about all the things that God wasn't doing instead of understanding the things that He was doing. And Moses makes his trip up, up, up the Mount, Mount Sinai twice. And if you remember first, he goes up. God gives him the Ten Commands. He comes down. The Israelites are all worshiping, you know, golden idols and Moses gets ticked and throws throws him down and heads back up the mountain gets you know iteration number 2 and he comes back down and we find him in this place in Exodus chapter 35 where he's beginning to share God's commandments and his direction for his desire for the building of the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 35 starting in verse 4 it says Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, and hides of sea cows. I don't know what a sea cow is, but I know what a seahorse is. Anyways. Acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. And then if you jump over to Exodus chapter 36, starting in verse 2, it says, Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability, and who was willing to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled craftsmen who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left their work and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work of the Lord commanded to be done. And then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they had already had was more than enough to do all the work. God, we thank You that You call us to this place of thanksgiving. You call us to this place of acknowledging Your goodness and Your grace. But too often we stop at just giving thanks. 
And I pray, Father, that you would, you would prompt us, you would, you would give us the courage to begin to step out in an attitude of thanksgiving, that we would give of ourselves to be a blessing. Help us to see the world through your eyes, that we might come alongside of people and share your love in tangible ways. Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you for your blessings. Help us, Lord, to be a blessing on your behalf. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is an interesting passage of Scripture because God tells Moses in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, have them make me a sanctuary. He comes to this place and he says, Tell them to make me a sanctuary that I might dwell among them. So his desire is to dwell among his people. The sanctuary that that God is speaking of is also referred to as the tabernacle in Scripture if you read through Exodus at length. And God has been continually meeting with Moses to guide and direct where he wants the people of Israel to go. And he's given them the Two, two, two versions of the, the Ten Commandments and the instructions for the building of the tabernacle. He's also commanded the Israelites to work for six days and then to rest on the seventh. So we see the Sabbath being made holy. But then Moses clarifies in Exodus 35.5 the type of construction or contribution that Israel is being asked to participate in. What does it say in this, in this passage? Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering. Everyone who's willing. That word willing is is interesting because it it translates into two Hebrew words. The first word is the word nadib, nadib, pertaining to being voluntary and uncoerced, implying generosity. The second Hebrew word is the word leb, usually translated to mean heart. And in many different passages of Scripture, we we can see it meaning heart or mind, soul, spirit. It's the inner part of who we've been created to be. So Moses, in essence, is inviting everyone who has a generous heart to give. You know, what we see in, in this this passage of Scripture is, is a level of giving and generosity that exceeded the need. It's, it's, it's incredible. What, a, what an amazing picture of thankfulness and gratitude that people just came and they continued to give and to give and to give until the need was met and they continued to give until the, they had to sit, call time out and say, stop, stop, stop giving. We don't, we don't have anywhere else to put it. The question for us becomes, what is, what is the real difference between simply giving thanks and that of, of real, true thanksgiving? I would, I would contend there's a difference. You know, the word thanksgiving is, has been defined for years to mean the expression of gratitude, especially to God. The act of giving thanks. Thanksgiving. But what if we broke that word apart into two words, thanks and giving? The word thanks means an expression of gratitude, kind or grateful thoughts. And that word giving or give 
means to, tr- to freely transfer the possession of something to someone else. To make a present of. So true thanksgiving really results in a, in a tangible outpouring of generosity. So thanksgiving is no longer just, oh, thank you, God, for blessing me with amazing friends and food on the table and a roof over my head and all these wonderful blessings. But it becomes this outpouring of a desire to give and to be a blessing. It changes the whole idea of what it means to be thankful. Where thanksgiving becomes an action, not just a response. A truly thankful heart is a giving heart. And genuine gratitude is expressed in an increased willingness to give. They didn't stop when the tabernacle started to be constructed. They kept giving. We can see it in this this picture of thankful giving that that as they begun the project, they kept giving, they kept giving, they kept giving. They just, hey, here you go, here you go. People continued to be generous. They didn't see the need met and go, okay, we're all done. Good job, everybody. They just kept on giving. You know, in America, we love our causes, right? We love to get on, you know, behind things. We love our, you know, GoFundMes and, you know, we got this cause and we got that cause and on our birthday, we want everybody to give to a cause instead of give to us. Those are great things. We tend to get behind relief efforts and we want to support missionaries who inspire us and who we like and feel connection to. We want to back social justice causes and help rescue women and children from horrific third world environments. But it's important we don't get short-sighted in a temporary view or cause dismissing what God is doing in the bigger picture. Because His desire is that none would perish, but all would come to the knowledge and understanding of how much He loves them. You know, Jesus said, in, said to Peter in Matthew chapter 16, and I tell you that you are Peter, the rock. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. The reality is, Jesus is still building His church. He's still working through His church through you. Every one of you is the church of Jesus Christ to the world. His desire is that you would walk in gratitude for what He's done in providing salvation, providing freedom, providing an ability to come back in relationship with God because He's so great. And that thanksgiving should translate to a tangible giving of your time and your your gifts and your energy and your passions and your resources. I love the the example that we see of of the Apostle Paul. If you spent any time in the New Testament, the Bible, you'll know that Paul has written all these letters to different churches that he's had the privilege to minister to. And if you read Paul's New Testament letters, he repeatedly opens them with thanksgiving. It's amazing. 
in his church to the Romans, he says, first I thank my God through Jesus for all of you. His, his letter to the church at Corinth, I give thanks to my God always for you. The church at Ephesus, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. To the church at Philippi, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. To the church at Colossae, we always thank God when we pray for you. And to the church at Thessalonica, we give thanks to God always for all of you. I think we can all agree that Paul was a pretty thankful guy. Either that or he just liked to say, I give thanks. But it's important for us to understand that, that while Paul was thankful for the believers in Christ that he had the privilege to minister to and minister alongside of, his greatest object of thanks was to his God. I thank my God through Christ Jesus for all of you. He was constantly in an attitude of thanks for the privilege he had to minister to people for the privilege he had to speak into people's life, for the privilege he had to come alongside of people in their difficulties. He was thankful to God. And because of his thankfulness, Paul gave of himself and served God's people endlessly. Up to being imprisoned and eventually martyred. So when your heart of gratitude overflows, does it overflow in thankfulness for what you've received? Or does it overflow thankfulness for, you, for what you've been able to give? Because there's a difference. The final thought this morning is that our thankfulness should be evident in hearts of uncommon generosity. When we really truly begin to understand what thanksgiving really looks like, our desire will be to give, to give of ourselves. And when we really embrace what God-sized generosity looks like, our hearts will be ones of uncommon generosity. We've started construction, but we're still giving. We've met the need, but we're giving above and beyond so we can do more. You know, at Neighborhood Church, we believe one of our cultural commitments, one of our core values is to daily exercise uncommon generosity. Not just generosity. The kind of, the kind of generosity that, that gets people's attention. Like, why did you, why did you do that? You've given to this and you've given to that and you've, you've packed a shoebox and you've grabbed a gift tag and you've done all these things. Why are you doing all that? Don't you have kids to buy gifts for? Don't you have people to pour into? Don't you have things that you need to be worrying about? Uncommon generosity gets the attention of people. And sooner or later, they'll start asking why. Why are you doing that? Why do you think that makes a difference? And it will look different for each and every one of us, this uncommon generosity. For some, it's a gift of time and energy 
and a willingness to just sit and listen to somebody when they're struggling. For some, it's a visit to, to, to someone who can't make it to church, who can't come into community for one reason or another, but we're willing to go and we're willing to connect with them, reach out or call, to love on them. For some of you, it's a kingdom builder's gift above and beyond your tithe where your desire is to, to sow into the kingdom of God in missions and relief efforts. Our greatest desire as a church is to grow the support of kingdom builders in the coming years so that we can increase our reach across the street and around the world so that we can come alongside of, of more organizations and missionaries, orphanages, schools, Love, Inc., Fish of Albany, Options Pregnancy Resource Center, Young Life, all these different areas that we are investing in, desiring to do more. You know, Israel's willingness to give came from an overflow of a thankful heart. It's amazing because Israel had witnessed God in so many powerful ways. God had delivered them from the bondage of Egypt and enabled them to cross the Red Sea. God had provided quail and manna from heaven and water from a rock. All these different things. God had promised His presence would go with them no matter where they went on their journey. And as we cultivate thankful hearts for God's goodness and His provision and His blessing and His presence in our lives, the natural overflow should be lives of generosity. The natural overflow should be our desire to give, to come alongside of people, to pour into their lives, to bring hope, to speak life and joy and peace. We can't become inwardly focused in our thanksgiving, only celebrating what God has done on, on our behalf. It's, that's that's short-sighted. Paul writes in Colossians 3, chapter 3, verse 17, and he, and he tells us how we should live our lives. He says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. Whatever we do, We've got to be willing to step into this season of thanksgiving and be willing to let our thankfulness overflow into hearts of generosity and giving. This following illustration as we prepare to close displays how an act of thankfulness led a person to be giving to others and how it created a chain reaction. Because when we are generous and when we give of ourselves, people will take notice and people will start to see the work of God in our lives. A lady by the name of Eileen Taylor was in the drive through line at Heavenly Donuts. And she was thankful for the kind gesture of a stranger paying for her coffee the day before. Eileen was out of work and short on cash. However, out of the thankfulness from the act of the kindness the day before, she decided to pay for the family's donuts in the car behind her, an order which totaled $12. Now, 
As a result of her actions, many more people were thankful and became givers themselves. In fact, her act of generosity led to a chain reaction of 55 customers paying for the person behind them in line, which lasted two and a half hours. Can you imagine if we were all willing just to step outside of the simple act of giving thanks and reflecting all the, all the good things that have happened in our lives, and we used that as a point to catapult us into an action and an overflow of generosity? Can you imagine what would happen in our world if everyone in this room said, you know what? This Thanksgiving, I'm doing something else for somebody else. This Thanksgiving, I'm going to give something. I'm going to sacrifice something. I'm going to look for somebody to bless. I'm going to look for somebody to share with. What if we all made the decision to take our thanksgiving to God and to daily put into practice service and giving to others? I'm telling you right now, I believe that people will see Jesus in us when we're willing to step outside of ourselves and say, you know what? This isn't about what God has done for me. It's about what God can do through me. Would you stand to your feet as we close in prayer this morning? God, we are thankful. We are thankful not just because You've blessed us, Father, not just because You've given so much of Yourself, but Father, because You desire to bless people through us. You desire that people would come to the knowledge and understanding of how much You love them because of the way that we live our lives. Father, that the salvation that You provided through Jesus Christ would not just be for me, but it would be for everyone that You bring across my path. Father, I pray that You would challenge us to this place of seeing the world through Your eyes. And that we would step into this attitude of true thanksgiving where it's no longer just about what we have or what's been done on our behalf. But even in the simplest ways, we begin to find ways to give of ourselves. I pray, Father, You give us the courage. You give us the willingness to stop to take that moment to sow into the life of another. Knowing that You will be the one to bring the harvest. That You will be the one to awaken their hearts to Your love. But oh, Father, that we would provide that opportunity for somebody's life to be changed. For somebody who's walking in hopelessness to find hope. For somebody who, who can't see purpose in life to finally see that there are those who are walking in purpose and desire that for their own life. Jesus, that we would be more like You. Not about the mission of what's good for Dan or what's good for so-and-so and so-and-so. Father, that we would be on the mission of seeking and saving those who are lost and who are dying without You. 
God, we thank you for inviting us into that. We thank you for giving us the privilege to be a part of loving your people. Help us, we ask, Father. We can't do it on our own. We need your Spirit to guide us and lead us and give us eyes to see and ears to hear. We worship you, Father. And this morning, perhaps you're in that place of saying, you know what? I'm on board with this. I get it. This makes sense. But I'm still in a place where I feel like my life doesn't have purpose. And I'm struggling to understand why things happen the way they do. I'm here to tell you right now, when you make the decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart, step into that relationship with Him, everything changes. The lid comes off. Immediately, life has purpose. Because we can step into that relationship with the One who gave us life. And Today, if you're desiring to make that decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart, to say, you know what, I'm done living a purposeless life. I'm done chasing my own dreams and desires. My desire is to step into a relationship with someone who can guide and direct my steps to be a blessing. We want to give you that opportunity today to say yes to Jesus, to, to allow Him to be, come in and be the, the, the Lord of your life, the, your Savior. The Bible says in Romans, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And in a moment, we're going to say a prayer that will give you the opportunity to make that decision and that declaration in your life. But it's a simple acknowledgement of our need of a Savior. So if you'd like to make that decision today, we invite you to say this prayer. Speak it from your mouth and believe it in your heart. Would you say this with us? Church, can we say this together? Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe Your Son, Jesus Christ, came to this earth to show me how to live. And He died and He was raised back to life so that I could have a relationship with You. I ask You today to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I can't change as I choose to live for You today. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's the greatest decision that you can make in your life to say yes to God and to say yes to His plan and His purpose for your life. I want you to know you're not alone in that decision, whether you're here in the house or you've tuned in online. We want to walk with you and we want to take those next steps with you. If you've made that decision, please grab a connection card in the seat and just say, I've made the decision to follow Jesus. If you made that decision and you want to reach out to us, email us at info at albanync.org and we would love to reach out to you. We'd love to get you a Bible, help you in your next steps in your faith journey. But this week as we go into this incredible season of Thanksgiving, as we come to this wonderful holiday where we 
are surrounded by family and friends and we take time to take stock of what God has done in our lives, this is my prayer, that we wouldn't just stop at giving thanks. But we would understand that God's blessings and the things that He's done in our lives are a source of us to be able to give and to bless other people and to love other people with His love. So let's make that our mission this week as we come into Thursday and we begin to get everything all prepared. Allow God to show you who you can impact, the blessings He's provided you, the gifts He's given you. And as we give thanks, let's be sure to make that, allow that to translate to true thanksgiving where we're impacting people for His glory and His, His power. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. Have a blessed week. And as we go out of this place, let's give that Thanksgiving and be the neighborhood. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.